What's up, everyone, and welcome into a special edition of Bet to Win. I'm Joe Fanjoy, my good buddy, Will Blackman, former NFL defensive back and Super Bowl winner. Will, it's Super Bowl week now, and, and this is when the ramp up gets to the big one. Super Bowl 56, right. a fun matchup. Bengals, Rams. Rams, overwhelming favorites in this one as four-point favorites. Um, but the Bengals have been this underdog all the way, and so right. why should we doubt them now? When you look at just the matchup in of itself and then where the line is, do you feel like that's a little bit of disrespect to the Bengals, or do you feel like it's justified with where uh, with where it's at? Yeah, I don't want to say it's disrespectful simply because if you just look at like overall matchups, it's kind of favorable, you know, in the in the Rams side on the Rams side. But like this this is a terrifying game to bet on because you just seen what the Bengals have done and and just how they operate, you know, they again they embrace that underdog mentality. They have so much swagger. I mean, they're dude, they're taking shots after the game, not, not just cigars, but shots and cigars. And it's just crazy because I, I look at I look at Joe Burrow, you know, and it's kind of like, okay, do you want this to be a you know a 45, 46 game? No problem. Or do you want to keep this game close and bring it down to the wire? He's like, no problem. So it's that's how they're rolling. So I I, I mean I understand, and it's home. For the Rams too, like I, I see that playing a big factor for them. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the matchups, and we're going to get into four. But before we get there, I, I just want to talk about how we got here. the The playoffs, wild card round was sort of a dud, but the divisional round, championship yeah. Sunday, both tremendous weekends of football. I, I'm curious, what surprised you most in the road to get here to Super Bowl Fifty Six at SoFi Stadium? Um, like from the playoffs or the whole season, really? Playoffs in general, just in terms of where the matchups were and now how we got to Rams and, and Bengals. Yeah, for me, it was just more so of you saw the Rams. You saw both Rams and Bengals make key adjustments for themselves. You know, the, the thing for the Rams was, okay, is, is Stafford going to actually hold the ball a little longer? And you always say, hey, QBs don't hold the football, get rid of it. But the thing is, when he was getting rid of it, because he has such a, you know, a gifted arm, he'll try to make throws that he feel like he can make. Um, and that was backfiring him. And, and I think towards the end of the season, that's where everybody was like, oh, you know, can we trust Matt Stafford because he's throwing all these pick sixes? And, you know, we can't have that for the playoffs. And that was a big deal. So I noticed him, especially in the Tampa game, he was literally holding the ball. And if it wasn't there, he either – will take a sack or he will wait for someone to come open for a check down. He was not launching it downfield into double or triple coverage or, hey, let me throw it up to OBJ and see if he can go get it. You know, he was making conscious decisions. And then you you look at the uh, the Bengals, obviously the the glaring thing is the offensive line, you know, for the in the Tennessee game, giving up nine sacks. So I knew like, okay, that's and everybody knows that's in front of the whole team and what's going on. They were going to fix that, you know, against Kansas City, and they made that adjustment. Yeah, both teams certainly worthy and overcome their their share of adversity. The Bengals, you can't convince me that playing in the college football playoff doesn't give you an edge. I mean, you look at Joe Burrow and how poised he is, and you mentioned how the dude just isn't rattled no matter yeah. what, what the game script is. They were down 21-3, to three, no big deal. Let me go take care of business here. <laughs> and I just am so impressed by him. And I, 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 Part of it's just him himself and his mental makeup right. and all that. And it's just his DNA. But also, when you play at LSU and win a natty, you've, you sort of have been there before. He's been in these moments. For me, what was most surprising, and you give the Bengals credit. They, they came back and won that game. Yeah. But I'm still shocked at how the Chiefs crumbled. And they crumbled at the end of the first half, leaving the door open, not right. getting three points there. 
I understand going for it, and I understand putting your trust in Patrick Mahomes if you're Andy Reid, but I'm still shocked Patrick Mahomes threw a pass short of the goal line. Yeah, this, well, I will touch on the Burrow thing first. Yeah. So it's not it's not just a couple of things because there was a, you know, he put a quote out saying like, hey, SEC, I played in the SEC. Like, those games are louder, you know. And everyone's like, oh, you're going to Kansas City. You can't say that because, you know, that's a lot of stadium yep. uh, based on the scale. But I'm like, it's different playing in, in that because it's personal for everybody. You have alumni, you have students, you have everybody boosters. Like it's personal, and it's not just he won a national championship. It's how, like he was by far and large the best football player, college football player probably to ever, you know, yeah. grace grace that. And so he's seen all that. And I, I said too, like he just has like this. I know I'm jumping it, but he saw he has like this Brady like energy to him where mm-hmm. he's just like calm, cool, and embracing it. But yeah, to get to Kansas City. I mean, that was their issue last year. That's, that's, this is essentially how they lost the Super Bowl, you know, is they were, they, they're known for those explosive plays downfield. They're known for taking the top of the defense. They have, they have, they have every single skill, skill guy on their offense can take it 70. And you've seen, I've seen Kelsey take a 75-yard screen pass all the way. Every guy could do that. They have basically four punt returners at receiver. So those are exciting plays. And you've seen Tampa just drop their defense. Hey, we're going to put a cover two shell, and they're not going to throw the ball deep on us. And so we've seen teams make that adjustment in the beginning of the season for Kansas City, and they weren't able to get those explosive plays. And I kept, and I kept saying, like, man, they, they need to just get back to the basics, you know, just to the simple stuff. I was, I was talking to, like, Micah Parsons and, and Darius Butler uh, the other night, and we were like, man, when you have a – when you have a, a team that has a lot of skill, a lot of talent, the less you have to do. And I really believe, like, hey, just quick game, check downs, let your guys play, let your guys run and, and go make plays. And that's the adjustment that they made. They, they were winning ugly in the, second, in the middle of the season, but that's what they did. And then I feel like once they got to the playoffs, it, they went back to, like, let's do some crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. And – like you said, you're surprised because this is such an experience. This is a dynasty. This is an experienced team that has been in this position. And to have such a situational mess up in a crucial part of the game that costs in the game, that makes the most sense. Like, I mean, excuse me, it doesn't make sense. And it's, it's, it's confusing, especially you have Mahomes, you have Andy Reid, all that talent, all, all that stuff. So it's, it is mind boggling. Yep. I think, yeah, it's layered. It's, it's it's the lack of production, but then also the lack of awareness. I mean, even giving up that sack in the last play of regulation where Joe Tooney saves the day to get right. them to overtime. Anyways, let, let's talk about these two teams. And we've now gone through the, the dead week where uh, both teams are at their respective facilities. Teams will travel to Los, uh, Los Angeles here on Monday. Um, or Sunday, I guess, is probably when they leave. But I guess which tees me, pass the ball back to you. You've gone through this, <laughs> yeah. and I'm, I'm curious. I remember when we left. When... When guys are going through this two-week hiatus and the buildup and the anticipation yeah. and all the media, the media days, the circus that surrounds the Super Bowl that gets bigger each and every year, what was it like and what are these guys going through? Well, the, the biggest thing is the first week when you're at your facility, this is where you get your work done. This is where you have like the legit practices and all that stuff is getting done. So it's week one, you're at home getting the work done because when you – actually get to the destination for us it was indianapolis of super bowl 46 it's it's all media obligations you know it's all that stuff not only excuse me week one you practice and you get all your logistics done you're Install. like you know i'm talking about family okay yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> tickets everything so yeah you get all the plays done all the logistics done and then family like look get your 
get your flights tickets today because tomorrow I am not answering my phone. So handle that stuff. It's funny. Yep. I just saw I saw OBJ's story and he was like, "Look, n- l- don't hit me up after today about anything because yep. <laughs> I'm getting locked in." But you do that work there, and then when you come to the facility, uh, or come to the, the destination of the game, you know you. You have like walkthroughs, really. You won't really have any aggressive practices. You're working on big on recovery, and you have all these media obligations, which is, which is tough, you know. But at least you get the work done early. Joe, it's such a blur, yeah, when it happens because it's just you have all these things of what's going on. So many people, it's just a madhouse. Yeah. And then boom, it's the game, and the game is probably the longest day ever. Mm-hmm. It is like the, I mean, the pregame warmups is like forever, and there's not once empty space on the sideline like everybody in the media everybody in celebrity like whoever is is there and half time's long half time is ridiculously long <laughs> and you got a ring to show for it i do I the lights it. didn't get shout out on us though like it did for the, the i love it uh Maybe. let's talk about this matchup and let's start with the rams defensive line uh, against the Bengals offensive line i think when this matchup came to be that was what people looked to immediately for good reason right the Bengals. Weathered the storm against Kansas City, but we haven't forgotten about that game where they allowed nine sacks against right. the Titans. The Rams, we'll see in a play they here haven't either. against the Bucks. <laughs> Correct. Um, Vaughn Miller got off to a slow start upon being traded, but he got hot at the end of the season. Yep. Seven sacks in six games leading up to that Niners game where he was shut out, but we know how much of a force he is with Leonard Floyd, with Aaron Donald. This will play here in the Bucks game. The Rams had three sacks in this game against the Bucks, a game they largely dominated until the end where it got a little hairy, obviously. Here's a play where you have Vaughn Miller lined up um, over the left tackle, and he gets no help here. Karen Brake goes in motion, um, doesn't chip him. Leonard Fournette just goes out, runs his route out to the left flat. Vaughn Miller beats the left tackle one-on-one, gets home to Brady, uh, as you see in the next slide. Right. How hard is it, A, to give help when Aaron Donald's in the middle? And how creative do you have to get when it comes to your protections? Or is it, is it strictly got to get the ball out? Yeah, it, it's, it's extremely difficult because these are the type of games that these guys show up in. Von Miller, Aaron Donald. Like, these are the games where they make a lot of noise. So, you know, it's, it's kind of like you have to find ways to, like, minimize them and, and take them away. And it's, it's difficult. So, like I said, I think the Bengals, they have great awareness from that Tennessee game where they made the proper adjustment. Because, again, like, they're, they're pros, too, you know, and to make that happen. So... This is going to be a key situation to watch for. Now, I will say the one thing that has helped them is Joe Burrow has regained confidence in his knee. Um, I, I was listening to the uh, Let's Go podcast with Tom Brady, and he was actually on there, and he mentioned how, yeah, tearing his, tearing his ACL, it was hard because he likes being mobile. He likes to move around. He likes to avoid rushes and get out the park like he's shown against Kansas City. And yep. make, he actually showed him in Kansas City and Tennessee to make those plays. So despite whatever was going on, he he's now confident to, like, you know, slide the protection or, or move himself or get out of these ways uh, so he can be mobile and throw on the run. So I think it's a combination of both protection and Joe running. Uh, but you don't want him running all night. That's the <laughs> Joe Burrow's five carries for 25 yards against the Chiefs. That was the loudest – 25 yards you've ever right. seen. I mean, it felt every every yard was backbreaking if you're a Chiefs fan. Right. And that one play where he he's Chris Jones has him dead to rights. He sheds Chris Jones, then high steps out of Chris Jones diving right. his ankles like literally high and then steps. makes a play and you're just like 
He is that dude. He is dangerous, I he which was is why fall. like you see the memes, you see all the list of reasons why the Rams should win, and like reasons why the Bengals should win is just Joe Burrow with the shades and the big chain on. You're like, yeah, I don't want to bet against that guy. He's already gotten to that level where you feel nervous betting against that guy. Right. That's my whole point. That's why I said at the beginning of thing. Like, I just, man, it's the Brady, again, it's the Brady-like feeling. Like, I don't want to bet against Brady. <laughs> I'll bet the spread when Brady's playing. But it's, it's that same feeling. So, yeah, I, I just, again, like we talk about the matchups and what's going on, but you just you just hit it right there, man. Is but it's just different when you have a dude like that on the other side. There's an intangible too. There's it. an intangible. You know, it's same thing is when you when you play Kansas City, you're like, hey, they could be down and out, but they got that dude over there who can make something happen. Yep. Uh, let's get to our next matchup, and that's Jalen Ramsey likely shadowing Jamar Chase. Um, and we have a play here where he picked off Jimmy Garoppolo in Week 18. Right. Um, as the 49ers are, are having George Kittle and Debo Samuel on the left side. Now, I think picking off Jimmy Garoppolo in a pass that's thrown ultimately behind uh, his, his receiver and intended target, George Kittle, is one thing. But I think it, this goes to show you Jalen Ramsey matched up against their A1, yeah. who they like to get into space, and George Kittle, no disrespect to Debo Samuel or Ayuk. But he is versatile. And in a matchup like this where... You look at Jamar Chase and the Bengals, and that's sorry, the Bengals, uh, the Chiefs had to spend so much time doubling Jamar Chase. You allow T. Higgins to have a big game, who put up six for 103 in that AFC Championship right. game. Is it a luxury as we see the end of the play here where the pass is intercepted in the end zone or near the end zone? Huge takeaway for Los Angeles, taking points off the board for San Francisco. How much of a weapon is he to where you can have him travel? And not many guys travel in the NFL. There's only uh, a few, right? Very few. I know your boy Darius Slay, another, and he takes pride in that. And right. guys take pride in the ability to go with them. Right, and Devontae to, Adams vouched for him. Like, yeah. yeah, you're the only one that really, really travels. Yep. To where you don't have to say, hey, our whole game plan is centered around doubling Jamar Chase, which ultimately opens things up for Tyler Boyd, uh, right. a CJ Uzama, if he plays, and, of course, T. Higgins, who went off against Kansas City. How unique and special is Jalen Ramsey in that type scenario when you're game planning here? Yeah, well, this was interesting. I think... Um, people don't look at much is when the Rams hired Raheem Morris, Raheem did something super interesting. He, um, cause when Jalen was in Jacksonville, he strictly played corner. But when Jalen was at Florida state, he played corner safety, a lot of safety. And sometimes they'll come down and play nickel. So now with the Rams, Raheem went back to that. He has a position called the star position which essentially is like a nickel, but he can move all over the place and play wherever. So maybe he may not just shadow and take away your best guy, but he will have presence in an area and might distract you from going to that area. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's, think that's what's unique about him. That's what makes him the best defensive back to me because he can, he can do literally everything. Um, that's what makes him outstanding. So... But this this matchup is interesting. Like to see him shadow, I don't think if he's gonna shadow him so much, I think they're gonna try to do their good job of playing just overall like defense on them. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I will say this: people do not get it twisted about Jamar Chase. Yes, he's a rookie, but that means absolutely nothing because he's he's a legit dude. There's. Skill set wise, he has everything that you want in a big time receiver. Um, 
he's going to win some battles. If Jalen is going to shout at him, he's going to win some battles for sure. Even if Jalen tries to like impose his will on him like he does to everybody, I think Jamar Chase will fight back. Now, yeah. now yes, having the luxury like you mentioned, T. Higgins, who also had a thousand yard season, mm-hmm. you know that's that's what's going to be interesting. And before those two came, Boyd was number one guy, mm-hmm. you know. So, yep. yep. Uh, before we finish with Jamar Chase, we got to talk about the Bengals' defensive adjustments, yep. and it was tremendous what they did, not just in in one game, but two games against the Chiefs, twice keeping them out of the end zone in the second half in route to big comebacks. One point being down 21 to three, they get the, the goal line stop at the end of the first half and then keep Patrick Mahomes out of the end zone for the entirety of the second half and overtime, a big stop to open overtime after losing the coin toss. The big adjustment um, and notably was dropping eight, keeping three at the line of scrimmage. What was impressive to me is we bring up this play where you see where it looks like a stacked box, but then everyone drops into coverage is A, there's nowhere for Mahomes to go, but right. B, keeping him contained and setting the edges and holding the edges enough to where he's not able to escape, keeping a spy on him. Because we've seen, even when things break down, Patrick Mahomes is like the fastest slow dude ever. It like is. I compare like a cross-sport comparison. It's like Paul Pierce, man. Like Paul Pierce would get <laughs> to the cup. He always all wins. All the time. But you're like, you never watch it and think, this dude's explosive. This dude, you know, you got he's gonna gonna beat you off the yeah, dribble but every one time. On one, he, but he's he so always wins yeah. with his body movement is just athletic enough. When you know you have the awareness and enough athleticism, we see Patrick Mahomes against the Bills, backbreaking runs. We saw some in the first half against the Bengals. That wasn't there in the second half. So you see, this is where it started. This is where it ended with everyone dropping back. Patrick Mahomes stuck in the pocket. He scrambles. There's nowhere to go. That was the theme of the second half. Right. What do you make of the adjustment? from the Bengals um, that they made in the final two quarters. No, it was great because, you know, time was on their side. You know, they can't really afford to, to run the ball uh, in these key situations. But they did a great job of, like, you see defenders defending the goal line. That's number one. Like, you don't, you don't want to be too far deep into the end zone because all they got to do is throw it in front of you. You look at the, um, the Lions when they won their first game. When they beat the Vikings. When they beat the Vikings. The, <laughs> look at your face. Bro, I, I bet know. on that game. I, I was on the Vikings. It was the last leg of a parlay I had to hit, and I'm watching this game. I hate you for bringing this up because when you said defend the goal line, that play popped in my head. I was no. like, I'm not going to go there. This is, but that's that's and yet that's the key example. How do you let someone run to the goal line? Like it wasn't even an, a, a, a route where someone got shook. They just guys backpedaling six yards into the end zone. What are you protecting at that right. point? So it sounds trivial when you say look at everyone across the goal line. Protecting it. Right. But it's not trivial because we see other teams fail to do that all the time. They've done it, yeah. So in this situation, the field, I was always told the field is wider than it is longer, right? So you want to defend the width. You want to protect the goal line and make the ball get thrown over you. So they do a great job here of doing that. And then they have a couple of spies, and, they, and they're also containing. So what I, what I think Kansas City failed to do as well, too, is like in these situations, I would always put Kelsey and Tyreek on the same side. I will put them together mm-hmm. because now it's really going to mess with your adjustments and your calls. You're like, okay, if Tyreek's on the top like he is now, easy. We'll double him up. Kelsey's in the slot. No problem. We have somebody underneath on top. We got someone doubling there. And then we'll, we'll just play outside leverage at the bottom on Hardman or whoever that is and make him go inside. You know, So that's easy pickings for them. And so they do a good job of doing that. Like I said, take away the explosive. Playing from top down, do not let them, you know, get anything extra. Uh, 
a storyline I love to sort of have fun with, but it, it, it somehow is a real thing, is the Cooper Cup wide open play. And you know it's coming at some point. And it's going to absolutely be back Every game. Every game. The Every Cooper game. Cup wide open play is coming. And so I'm sure it's going to come at some point. But Lou Anarumo is in a fabulous job as the defensive coordinator for the Bengals. He's obviously scheming for him and OBJ, who have been tremendous. Um, is what we saw in the second half. Because, of course, the Rams are seeing this in game playing. It's their pros, too. We look at, at how, you know, it's a game of chess in, this terms, in terms of preparation and, and game planning and putting your scripts together. Is that replicable? Is what the, the Bengals did in the second half against the Chiefs in the AFC, AFC Championship game, is that replicable against a, a Rams offense that is maybe not as potent at Kansas City's, but right up there in terms of the best in the league in terms of talent. Right. It's it's weird. It's not potent as in like you're just seeing the ball flying all over the place. But when you look at the stat sheet, you're like. So hyper efficient, man. You're like, damn, dude, like Stafford threw for 380. Cooper has 150 plus. OBJ has like 75 plus and two. Like you're like, what, what just happened here? I think um, also the adjustment Kansas City done is is. A standout on, I mean, excuse me, a standout on Cincinnati's defense is, is Mike Hilton. He's probably top two, maybe top three nickels uh, in the game. And he was doing a job, a great job of actually, you know, running and staying with Tyreek. So I think it's going to be crucial for him to really get physical and press Cooper Cup at the line. Like he's going to have to, because that's, if you get physical with Cooper Cup, that's, the, that's where you can win. Free access. He's going to take that all day. And the, the dangerous thing with going against Cooper Cup is that every single game, with the, with the exception of Tampa, he's the smartest guy in the field. There were some stories about him last year, two years ago, where you know, McVay would be going over stuff in the meeting, and Cooper Cup's like, we can't do that. He's like, why not? And he'll explain. So there were times where him and McVay and Cooper, and Cooper would, you know, trying to discuss on how the best way to go about this. And this guy's like sec his second year, third year in the league. But I think you get physical with him and you try to make, it's going to sound crazy, but Stafford go to OBJ more. It is not that he doesn't trust OBJ. He totally does. But it's different when you know, like, okay, Cooper Cup, like they're like locked in and they've been doing that all year long. But yep. if, if, if they're not getting physical with any of these receivers, it's going to be a long day. You've, you've already mentioned it, and we've talked about Joe Burrow in the same way, but Jamar Chase is certainly that dude, and we saw it from the jump starting in week one where he right. had a couple of touchdowns, and he took the league by storm and dominated all year long. He's continued to be productive in the postseason, and it's he's got everything in his bag. Right. And you see here in this play our last, our last clip here uh, against the Titans, a 57-yard gain, and this is something where the, the Titans have dominated – at the point of attack all game long. Um, but when you need something, just get the ball in Jamar Chase's hands, and he's going to make a dude miss. I mean, how often are you seeing one-on-one -on -one advantage Jamar Chase when he's got the ball in his hands? And we've seen this throughout the year. Yes, he's able to beat guys deep and take the top off, but his longest touchdown of the season was like a seven-yard route against the Ravens that he takes it, turns up field, makes three guys miss, and he's gone. Right. You see where this thing ends up. 57 yards later, and the Bengals are in Titans territory just like that. So it doesn't necessarily have to be this creative, incredible route, beat a guy, amazing throw. It's like just get – football sometimes 
can be as simple as find a way to get football the fo- is simple. Get the football <laughs> in the hands of your best players Period. and let them be special. You hear that, Cleveland? Get the football in your best players' hands. It's that so funny story. So I had the pleasure of calling. Uh, I love funny stories. Yes, <laughs> I had a pleasure of of calling a live game this year. I called the game between uh, Utah State and New Mexico. Yep. And I had a we had a meeting with the um, the Utah State um, coordinator. And he said, my job is to get the ball into my playmaker's hands. That's my job. <laughs> and I was like, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That's all you had to say. My job is to find ways to get the ball into the playmaker's hands. Period. That's it. And that's what's going on there. Like, Joe is finding his guys. That's, if, there, if there's a guy, like, that's his guy. Period. And that play right there at Tennessee was crazy. I mean, he was aligned outside, like, come on, all out blitz. He's going inside. It's that simple. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. But um, yeah, he he is. He's just it, it reminds me of my rookie year, uh, when we played the Chicago Bears. And the Bears they had they drafted Devin Hester. We were both rookies. And I remember him in college. Like, I'm like, every time they kicked it to, kicked it to him, he did something crazy. And so I remember all week. Our coach is like, man, our coordinator is like, look, we're going to kick it to him, and we're going to go down there and stop him. I'm like, look, guys, like he's, he's the real deal. You know, and I had no say because I'm a rookie myself. They're like, but he's a rookie, da-da-da-da. I'm like, I'm telling you, like he's, the, he's legit. Yeah. Like you guys are so stuck on this look, rookie learning cur- like curve, all that stuff. I, I get it. But sometimes, man, you just got to be like, look, this dude, and sure enough, we kicked it right to Devin, and he took that thing right <laughs> down the sideline to the crib. Like we were his first, we were his first punt return ever in the NFL. Are you like yelling at the sideline? I told you so. I'm looking at everybody like, what I say? Gone to the crib, and then he just kept. After that, he was just lighting it up. You know, obviously the rest is history. Yeah, and I think he should be first ballot this year. But it's just like that with Jamar. Everyone keeps looking like he's a rookie. He's a rookie. It's like, man, y'all need to get over that and like lock this dude up and play him for real. So we we've gone through now. That's a over this last half hour, pretty comprehensive Super Bowl preview in terms yes. of the biggest names, the biggest matchups. If you had to boil it down to one, where before the NFC Championship game, you mentioned if the safeties come up for the Rams and thump somebody in the running game, which they did. Debo Samuel and Elijah Mitchell combined for 46 yards rushing, which is astounding. It's a huge win for the Rams defense on their way to winning that game. What is is that sort of matchup in this game? Where like if the Bengals are going to have a shot, this has to happen. They've got to be able to win or at least survive in this area. They need to make make the Rams run. Make the Rams run and make McVay committed to it. You know. Um, now they, they have two capable backs and acres and Sony who can, you know, be serviceable, almost like how, how it was for Brady. You didn't necessarily have to run for hundred yards with Brady, but you had to move the chains. You know, you got to be available in, in the, in receiving in the past game, you got to be able to, you know, protect all those good things. So I think if, if it, be, if it comes down to it, force them to do it. Don't let, don't let Cooper and OBJ go off. You know, that's. For me, that's just what it is. I'm not even, offensively. I I like their chances. I like their matchups because they have three number ones at receiver, and Mixon is out of this world outstanding. Um, and 
right, the offensive line versus the line is the thing, but they they know that. And this is actually the, the, the cool thing about you have two weeks before the Super Bowl is guys can get healthy. You know, guys can get healthy. You can get stronger in two weeks. You can take care of yourself in two weeks. So they're going to be, like, good to go to be able to do what they need to do. And just watch a lot of film and, and check it all that out. So I think – I know it's going to be the storyline all week. But the Bengals' offensive line, they self-scout, and they show that. Because if I was – I think I think the, um, the Chiefs, they have a good D-line, and they didn't get anything done. So the biggest thing for me, if the Bengals want to win, you stop Cooper Cup. And OBJ. Yep. And for Stafford to give the ball to you guys. I think for me, it's an obvious one. I just have a hard time believing you can give up nine sacks. Now, that's the extreme. But you can't get dominated and whipped on a play-to-play basis and win a game. Ryan Tannehill ain't on the other sideline. And that's no disrespect to Ryan Tannehill. I think no, he's he underappreciated. He was giving the ball away, too. But but Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay in this Rams offense As not, is way better. Is yeah. so much better to where right. you aren't winning a game in that fashion even with the respect that we want to give and and they deserve with the Bengals' defense. So that's a huge one. You just can't – we saw a Super Bowl lost just a year ago with Kansas City getting absolutely smoked with Patrick Mahomes with a bum foot and an offensive line that got absolutely killed by Shaq Barrett and Dominican Sue, right. Jason Pierre-Paul, and that Bucks defensive line. So that's where it has to start. If they can at least weather the storm to where they're not a complete liability all game long, I think game on. This should be a fun one. Let's get your pick before we head out of here. The line again. Damn it. Rams minus four. <laughs> it's a big line. At one point, it moved to four and a half. It's now back down to four. It'll probably stay in that ballpark. It's a lot of points. I want to put you on the spot. And you, make you, you did give put me, me on the spot. Yeah, yeah, you can't do a Super Bowl preview without a pick. Oh, boy. I'm bet to win. I'm going to go Rams 28-17. Rams 28-17. So another grinded out game. So for you under betters, you already won. Cash the ticket for you over betters. Rip it up. Go place a bet on the under. Because if Will Blackman is right, that's an easy under. <laughs> uh, I like that. So wait, so you said 20. 28-17. Oh, 28-17. I heard 24. I, I, I misheard you. So that's over then. Yep. So you, it's a cover. Yep. Is it still under? Math in my head real quickly. I don't do that well. Producer said that's still under. I made not I made not sweat free. So. Uh okay. So you think Rams cover. I'm gonna go the other way. I'm gonna take the Bengals here. I will go uh twenty four. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna go twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. I think it's gonna be low scoring. I think uh, my favorite prop is that both field goal kickers will have a kick longer than 35 yards. Uh, I am going to take the Bengals to cover. Um, I will take Bengals 20 to 17. Ooh. So I'm taking Bengals outright. Low scoring I, game. I, I, like I, can't, a, I can't bail on the Bengals now. I've been riding this train. I've been I on like the bandwagon. A, I like a late Rams surge. I just feel like. So a close a, game and then one touchdown that puts it out. Of, out yeah, of it's going to be a close game. And I think the last, like, Eight seven minutes is just you're just gonna see a surge of especially like defensively. Okay, the Rams and you know you're gonna have a you're gonna have a speech from Aaron Donald and he's gonna get these boys ready to rock. We got O H I O out here uh, outside the Win <laughs> Studio or Blue Wire Studio here at Win Las Vegas. We love when people kick it and watch the show. Uh, I think she took out her license to let her know she's from Ohio. Yeah, big Joe Burrow fan out here. 
We love it. Uh, yeah, I'm riding with the Bengals. I'm going to take the Bengals money line. I'm going to take them to cover. I'm going to take them any way that you can give them to me. I've also got that Bengals Super Bowl ticket I'm hoping to cash. Will is on the Rams to cover and to win. Uh, he is Will Blackman. Follow him on Twitter, at Will Blackman. Uh, Will, appreciate you coming to Vegas, man. It's great to see you again. Thanks for all the knowledge. Yeah, I like Vegas. I like room service and the expensive butterfly gummies. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. My man's living his best life. We're living our best life here on Bet to Win. 